starting with word from the Chapel Hill Police Department. They're asking the community for its help in finding a teenager that was reported missing earlier today. A release from the department said 15-year-old Davion Grant was last seen Monday evening in the area of Billy Holiday Court. That's a road in the Eastwood apartment community off Piney Mountain Road. Grant is a Chapel Hill resident. He's not believed to be in danger. He's described as five foot seven, weighing around 150 pounds, last seen wearing a Duke hoodie. You can see a picture of him by visiting chapelboro.com. We learned yesterday a planned move for the popular acai restaurant Purple Bowl. Co-owners Paula and Taylor Gilland emailed town council letting them know they are relocating and would no longer object to the proposed life sciences redevelopment on the property at 306 West Franklin. They did, however, say the town should take greater steps to protect existing small businesses from being threatened by redevelopment. You can find the email in full by visiting chapelboro.com. It also turns out that the Chapel Hill Town Council will be meeting tonight, and one of the items on their agenda is an open hearing on that very proposed Life Sciences Center at 306 West Franklin. That meeting starts at 7 o'clock at Town Hall. In other local government news, the Chatham County Register of Deeds website is down. Chatham County Information Officer Kara Lusk says that none of the data is affected and the office is still open and running normally. It's just access from the web that is temporarily affected. Turning to local elections now, early voting continues today at the Orange Works in Hillsboro until 6 o'clock. And then tomorrow, there will be four more options for Orange County residents to vote early. The Seymour Center, Chapel of the Cross on Franklin Street downtown, the Chapel Hill Public Library, and 108 Bim Street behind Carborough Town Hall. Endorsements continue to come in for our local elections as well. The Daily Tar Heel weighed in yesterday with an endorsement for Jess Anderson for Chapel Hill Mayor. In the town council race, they endorse John Mitchell, Theodore Nollert, Amy Ryan, and Eric Valera. And in the Carborough Town Council race, they endorse Catherine Frey, Jason Merrill, and Eleazar Posada. Turning now to Orange County, where the medical supply company Medline first announced its plans for a major distribution center in 2019, marking one of the latest businesses to take advantage of the space along the I-40, I-85 corridor. On Tuesday, that facility was finally dedicated with a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and Orange County officials got a chance to see the operations unfold at the complex off West 10 Road in Mebane. 97.9 The Hills, Brighton McConnell was there. The 1.2 million square foot site makes Medline the largest commercial space in Orange County, with the healthcare supplier investing $103 million into the space. It's the latest of 43 distribution centers in the U.S. for the company, and the second in North Carolina. Paul Niederkorn, who is the vice president of regional operations for Medline, told 97.9 The Hill that his company is spread far and wide to achieve the goal of quick distribution. Not only does Medline manufacture thousands of products for medical work, but its goal is to deliver much-needed supplies the next day after they're ordered from healthcare customers. That made the triangle desirable in the first place, with its strong healthcare roots. But Niederkorn said the COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the importance for the company to be self-sufficient in responding to industry needs of things like masks, gloves, and other supplies used to respond to COVID-19 cases. Because we had that distribution network, we could get that product to our customers very quickly. Now, operations at the Medline facility are at full capacity. 
with the company already hitting its employment benchmarks to earn the tax incentives passed by Orange County in 2019. The distribution center supports more than 245 jobs on an expected payroll of $12 million, with hundreds more positions expected to be added in the next decade. Niederkorn said this kind of workforce is attractive to several people in the region, either bringing them to Orange County or offering a new opportunity for residents. Those jobs are very secure and they're very career developing. Um, we're not a seasonal type of employer. We don't go through shifts in volumes and things like that. We have kind of like that steady growth that continues to go because we have a very resilient sales force and we have a great group of customers that know that we are there for them. And that kind of helps us provide the stability and the security for the operation as well. Those at the dedication ceremony got to see that staff in action on Tuesday as tours were offered after the ribbon cutting. People walked through the complex and watched the employees work in tandem with robotics to select, package, and load hundreds of different medical supplies. Vice Chair of the Orange County Commissioners Earl McKee said he was impressed by the technology and intricacy of the distribution setups. But he pointed to Medline's honoring of its staff during the earlier ceremony. Since the facility has been up and running, the site's leadership awarded six employees with certificates of excellent service to the team, which, McKee said, signals the company's values. That blew me away. To have that company take an event that could have been nothing but a publicity, you know, we're opening up and it's going to be a wonderful thing. For them to take a brief moment and recognize employees that they obviously felt were, you know, cut above. That really impressed me they would do that. While Medline was one of the first companies to land in the Buckhorn Economic Development District, which sits in Mebane City limits but in Orange County, McKee pointed to it being the latest of several successes in that corridor. He said he hopes Medline will join employers like Morinaga and ABB in helping diversify the county's tax base and taking pressure off of residents' tax bills. But Orange County's strategy is not simply, quote, big game hunting, as the county commissioner put it. McKee said he believes it is critical to balance the existence of national companies with local businesses. But the best thing I see that our board can do is to continue to try to attract top-level industrial entities like Medline, while we also provide as much assistance and support as we possibly can for our homegrown businesses, for our startups, for our established older line, small companies, and mom-and-pop stores. For photos of Tuesday's ribbon-cutting at the Medline facility on West 10 Road, visit chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. Turning to state news now. We got new COVID-19 data from state health officials earlier today. News was pretty good. Both hospitalizations and COVID particles found in wastewater are down ever so slightly from the previous week. That does make two weeks in a row with declines for both of those metrics. Reminder that COVID boosters are available and one of the best ways to protect yourself against COVID-19. In state government news, Governor Cooper's taking some executive actions this week on the environment and education. One executive order establishes a statewide advisory council on environmental justice, provides a structure to protect marginalized communities from bearing the greatest burden of climate change. In a separate order, he's directing $1.4 million in federal funds to expand school breakfast programs in public schools across the state. 
Turning to global news now. Here in the U.S., we're closely following two tense situations overseas, the conflict in Israel and Palestine, as well as the ongoing war in the Ukraine. What is life like in the Ukraine today after a year and a half of war? UNC political scientist Graham Robertson recently returned from Kyiv, speaking with 97.9 The Hills' Aaron Keck. He said the people there are trying to return to a sense of normalcy, even in a highly abnormal situation. There are pretty much nightly air raids and sometimes air raids during the day, and so the sirens go off. You know, the first, the first siren I heard, I was out running in the park, and I heard the sirens go off, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? And there's a guy standing next to me pushing his kid on the swing, and he, he takes out his cell phone because it's just ringing. It's his mom, and he says, yeah, mom, I've heard it, I've heard it. Pops it back in his pocket and keeps on pushing his kid on the swing. Wow. And so people have gotten very blasé about it. Kiev does get hit from time to time, but like I say, it's a city of 5 million people, and so you do the math fairly quickly and you start to think that you can just get on with your business. That said, we were sleeping in the air raid shelter most nights, and people are pretty much underslept. I think these nightly air raids... It just becomes a sort of thing in and of itself after a while. That's incredible, just the level of normalcy that can exist in such an abnormal situation. Yeah, well, like you said at the, at the, at the beginning, it's been going on for a year and a half. And I think people can tolerate you know, abnormal situations for a short time, but they can't tolerate it over that length of time. You have to feed your family. You have to go to work. It becomes a thing that people just internalize and, and, and get on. That said... There is an enormous amount of repressed trauma. Some of our surveys that we've been doing in Ukraine suggest that up to about a third of the population have either lost a loved one or a family member. And that's obviously an enormous life-changing event. That's something that Ukraine ultimately will have to deal with going forward. But for now, people seem to be managing reasonably well. UNC political scientist Graham Robertson speaking there. You can get the full conversation in the This Morning with Aaron Keck section of our website, chapelborough.com. Time for sports, and we'll start sports with some conversation around the women's basketball team. They were recently in Charlotte, yesterday morning, in fact, for the ACC tip-off event. Head coach Courtney Banghart was joined by stars Deja Kelly, Alyssa Utsby to join to discuss the upcoming season. And while those are three very familiar faces to UNC basketball fans, Tar Heels will have plenty of new ones on the women's team this year as well. Between freshmen and transfers, there are eight new players on the roster. Here's what Banghart had to say on how she built the 2023-24 Tar Heels. You know, acquiring talent is certainly a, one of my main responsibilities, but it's also theirs, right? They've created a style of play and a culture that people want to be a part of. So we were able to attract three really talented uh, in, um, transfers and really good people, competitors. Um, I give a lot of credit to the courage, the people to my left, Deja and Alyssa have dreamt big in this program, right? Mm -hmm. They've they've wanted, and their intentions have, have their actions have matched their intentions, mm -hmm. right? And so we're very purposely here. Um, and then when you think about the additions of our rookies and our and our transfers, uh, they were instrumental. They're, they're, these are people people want to play with, um, and they've they've handled their themselves in, in the right way. Um, so I, I love our roster. I, we're the most competitive team I've had since mm -hmm. I've been at Carolina. Uh, we're the deepest team I've had since I've been at Carolina. Um, and we're, we hope, we'll be the most well-led since I've been at Carolina. You know, we've got a lot of good uh, leadership qualities to have really grown in that role. So, you know, everyone's excited about their team. I'm going to focus on mine, and I'm sure glad that, that, that I've got that locker room. UNC women's basketball head coach Courtney Banghart speaking there at the ACC tip-off event in Charlotte yesterday morning. 
Bang Hard and the Tar Heels begin their regular season on November 8th when they host Gardner-Webb in Carmichael Arena. Congratulations to the women's golf team. They won the St. Andrews Lynx Collegiate in Scotland, defeating Vanderbilt. Men also faced Vanderbilt in the finals in match play, but they did fall. That means they still finished second, so congratulations to both teams there. Volleyball teams in action tonight. Big game at Duke at 7 o'clock. Turning to men's hoops now, big news for Harrison Ingram. He's named to the Julius Irving Award watch list. Goes to the nation's best small forward. Finally, UNC product Zach Gallen, starting pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, making it to the World Series. Congratulations there.